0: You're listening to The Philip Jordan Show.
1: What's up, everybody? It is real to the podcast. It's a uh, preview Friday, but we're also going on video on Thursday night. It is the last one we'll be doing this. It's the championship weekend preview and predictions episode. And as always, when I do these predictions and previews, I am joined by Matt Lowe of Field Level Media. And Matt, I can't believe it. We are at championship weekend. Uh, The season has flown by, but uh, a lot of things are, uh, are at stake this weekend.
2: Yeah, and some—I have a feeling that committee is going to have to make some tough decisions by by the way things are going to shake out this weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, at least there's a lot on the line for for several teams.
1: Yeah, I think pretty much all the, you know, the Power Five Conference Championship games has playoff implications. I mean, you look at, you know, on Friday night, we'll get into these games later. We're going to do group of five first everybody when we get to picking the games. But, I mean, you look at the Pac-12, that that's pretty much a play-in game. Oregon and Washington. You've got the ACC Championship game. Florida State's trying to get in there. Of course, it feels like, you know, some people may not want them in there. The ACC Championship game is big-time play-in. Maybe two of those could get in. The Big Ten, okay, Michigan – that one's a little bit kind of more less than that. Michigan should – we'll get to that a little bit. And then the Big 12 with Texas. So, uh, all meaningful games. We usually don't get that on championship weekend, but we've got it where all these games are meaningful. Hey, even some of the group of five ones are big because teams trying to get a New Year's Day uh, bowl game. Yeah,
2: man. And, and I'll tell you what, this year, you know, we're going to the 12-team playoff next year, but this year would be a, a fantastic year for the 12-team playoffs. Yes, so it It well, would. I mean, so it's kind of, that's kind of, you know, intriguing. Uh, but, yeah, man, a lot on the line for a lot of teams. And I guarantee you somebody's going to beat somebody that probably is not supposed
1: to get beat. So, before we jump into that, so now I've talked about this all week with just off-air conversation, writing, podcasts, everything. So, I want to ask you this. You talked about teams get beat by teams that should be beat by. We should have seen that last Saturday, and I have not heard your uh, opinions. Just uh, your thoughts last week's Iron Bowl. Well, it
2: was an incredible game. I mean, it really was. Back and forth. It was heavyweight boxing match. Uh, both teams screwed up a little bit. Uh, to be honest with you, Phillip, I don't know if I've ever seen a game end like that. I've seen a game end on a Hail Mary or whatnot, you know. With, with, and, uh, but to only rush to players and give a quarterback that much time to throw and have a spy just moving back and forth in front of the center and not even having uh, one of your best defensive tackles out there, Marcus Harris out there rushing the, rushing the passer. Uh, Man, I just, I just, I don't know. I thought they played that a little too conservative, you know, and, uh, and two, man, I mean, you would think you'd have a defensive back, you Know breaking it down in quadrants, one on the back of the left, left corner of the end zone, front corner, front corner, and then you got a one D-, D B in the middle, one D B in the back, then one D-, D-, D B on the right corner, one D B in the front. So they would you'd have the the, the areas covered. But hey man, I, I'll say this Jalen Milrow is a is a stud. Uh that guy's he's a physical specimen. It was a hard hitting game, man. I don't know. It was one for the ages. And, you know, got to tip your hat to Alabama. They made plays when when it counted.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, attention was paid to, you know, what Auburn didn't do in that sequence. But, you know, you also got to say this. You mentioned Jalen Milrow. That was a great throw to hit that yeah. guy, hit, the, hit Bond in the corner end zone like he did. Um, yeah. I, and did you see, uh, too? Obviously, I think you, I'm sure you did, that a few frees did not know that was Coy Moore. Oh, back there Yeah,
2: that blew my mind, and, and what the significance of that. The, hey, and Philip, you didn't even need a punt, need a punt returner. Just let the ball bounce. I mean, and if yeah. it rolls which way, you know, because when you have somebody back there, there's a chance they can drop it. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's just—it's the law of averages. And yeah, I, that blew my mind. And I tell you what—the the, the kind of significant. I don't know what the word for it what signify signif- what shows the, the the meaning of that rivalry was Jalen Milrow running breaking free and DMI ne- ne- Pritchett coming up and hitting him right there. That's what that rivalry is all about. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he, I think I think Pritchett got hurt, but he Milrow's a big boy, man, and he runs hard. And but that that hit right there in the it shows the physicality of what that rivalry is all about.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, he was not going to allow him to get the first down there. So, it's one of them what it could have shoot us for Auburn, obviously. Uh, but also look at it this: the Auburn in the six and six. Look, we know what happened against New Mexico State. We're about to talk about the team in a second, but doing what they did here, I say this: this is the worst team Hugh Freeze will have at Auburn. That's I fully believe that. Uh, he's going to make. I mean, look, the transfer portal is wide open. on Quarterbacks, we've already heard rumors of guys Auburn is going to try to go after. But uh, yeah. So I think also it's tough if you're an Auburn fan, but I think after a while, looking back, they said, okay, okay. Auburn just had their worst team they're going to have under Hugh Freeze. This is going to be interesting rivalry with these two teams, and Auburn's going to be okay in the future. Sure,
2: and I I thought the offensive game plan was fantastic. I mean, it really was. And, and, I mean, they had Alabama off balance the whole game, you know, and I didn't understand – they're late in the game. They drove down running the football and they throw it a couple of times inside the five. I didn't, you know, you've been running the ball well the whole game. But yeah, man, I mean, I, and you look what he Freeze did with Liberty. I mean, they're 12 and 0, you know, so I mean, he left that program in pretty good shape. But I, I totally agree with you. And that showed to me in that game that that guy can coach.
1: Mm-hmm. And it showed the week before they just didn't come up. They just didn't show up against New Mexico State. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, you know. But uh, speaking of New Mexico State, speaking of Liberty, too, both of these teams, we're going to jump into it. For everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the group of five championship games first. We'll play a little one-minute spot, a little break, and then we'll get the power five, and then we'll do the SEC championship game last uh but group of five we start on friday i like this we've got two championship games on friday night and some high school football to pay attention to for people in the water Just we don't forget about elbow and you fall in the semifinals but anyways the conference usa championship game 10 and 3 new mexico state uh will be playing at number 24 liberty who's 12 and 0 as you mentioned jamie chadwell taking over for hugh freeze continuing the success of that program Liberty is an 11-point favorite. The over-under is 56.5. I just worry a lot of people won't see this game, Matt, because it is 6 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. But uh, oh, what are your thoughts? Interesting matchup between these two teams. They played earlier uh, in the year, I believe. Um, yes, they did. I, I had it wrote down somewhere, but uh, here it is. Uh, Liberty won 30, 30 17 but that was in week two. So uh should be a good matchup between these two.
2: Yeah, two quarterbacks that are really good dual threat quarterbacks, and uh, Diego Pavia and Caden Salter, and both of them have over 800 yards rushing. So, man, but Liberty's really been scoring points this game's in their home stadium. I think rain, look, rain could come into play in a lot of games this this weekend on the East Coast. So, uh, at the Troy game, this game. So, uh, but man, I'm going to go with Liberty at home, but I think this is going to be a heck of a ball game. Uh, I say, something like 30 to 27, maybe something like that, Liberty.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Liberty on this one, too. But i tell you what, when they played in week two, you look at that score, 33-17. That's a 16-point win there for Liberty. Three turnovers for New Mexico State. They got to stay away from that. Uh, Number one rushing team in the country is Liberty. brought that Coastal Carolina offense over uh, to Liberty. But, yeah, I like Liberty, too, in this one. Um, early on Saturday, the MAC championship. I th- this is the only group of five championship game, I believe, that's at a neutral site. Uh, this is always at Ford Field. Uh, a lot of times I've watched it, Matt. It do not seem like a lot of people are there, but still, no. uh, the MAC is going into Detroit at Ford Field. Miami of Ohio, at 10 and two, will be playing Toledo, who's 11 and one. 11 a.m. ESPN, Toledo is eight point favorite. The over under is 44 and a half. These two teams played back on October 21st with Toledo winning 21-17. to 17. I, I just look at this one. I just have doubts that Miami, Ohio is going to be able to hang in this one. Toledo has been a good team all year. Um, they lost like the first game of the year against Illinois, 28-30. to uh, they won 11 straight games. They've got probably the best player in the conference and their quarterback, Daquan Finn. And I look at on Miami, Ohio side, they were without their quarterback. Uh, Brent Gabbard. He got injured a few weeks ago. The offense, the quarterback they got now, Avion Smith, just eighty passes, about fifty-three percent, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I just think Toledo is probably just going to be too much for them with the with them having a backup quarterback. I
2: agree, and Toledo Toledo's running back Penny Boone. He's a stud. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a big boy. He, he's a hard runner. Really, really good player. Probably going to be a pro player. So yeah, I agree with you. I like Toledo. I don't, I, it, man. I. I've tried to pick Mac games and and, and it's just so difficult, but uh, I, I'll go with Toledo here, probably about, about ten points.
1: Yeah, I think for Miami High, their defense is going to play above their heads in this one. Um, they do have a player, Caden Woolard. He has nine and a half sacks and eleven tackles for losses. Like he's tied for first in the Mac. They will need a huge MVP level performance from him. I think to keep this game close. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, the Mountain West. Uh, this was played, uh, I guess. Does UNLV play their game? Okay, we're about to, I'm about to show my ignorance a little bit. Don't really watch a lot of Mountain West games. I'll be honest with you. This isn't Las Vegas. Doesn't UNLV play at the, at the Raiders Stadium, now? I don't think so. I okay. Don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Well, it's a home game regardless for them. Yeah. 7-5, Boise State at UNLV at 9-3. Boise State's a two-and-a-half point favorite in this one. I was kind of shocked to see that. The over-under is 58-and-a-half, 2 o'clock on Fox. And, you know, you look at this one, too, Barry Odom. He has uh, done a great job. I mean, he's he's always been a really good coach. I always feel like he got the short end of the stick there at Missouri. I think he should have been given more time. Uh to build where he wanted things to go with Missouri, but Eli Drinkles has done a good job. And uh Boise State, I just kind of wonder, I know uh their coach is gone. I wonder if Brian Harson's gonna reemerge at Boise. But anyways, uh h- how do you see this one? Man,
2: I, I think points are gonna be scored. These two teams have been scoring points, but I, I'm gonna roll with UNLV at, in inside inside Nevada there. So I'm gonna go with the the Rebels. Yeah, you know, I'm going to, go to game, like, something like 35, 32, something like that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, this is the conference. It's probably going to be the future home of Washington State and Oregon State. So, uh, yeah, they seem like they do score a lot of points there. I'm I'm going I think – I feel like in these uh, group of five, we're going to probably have the same selections. Yeah, I'm going with UNLV in this one. And just, again, Barry Odom, what he has done. You know, uh, I believe last year he – originally Bobby Petrino was going to be his offensive coordinator and then he goes to a I guess I didn't even mean to bring it up for that reason, but, man, how about him ending up back in Arkansas? I oh, mean, how yeah. weird is that? I
2: mean. Yeah, really weird, man, the way he left. And I can't stand the guy personally. But, I mean, because what he did with the Falcons, leaving them in the middle of the night, just not even telling anybody, like, a, I don't know. But, but, man, I don't know. That was an odd, odd hire for me. From, out of all the guys to pick from, I mean, you pick him. I mean, what 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 makes that guy so special? I, I don't I don't get it. I mean he's he's a good did, did M's offense do great this year?
1: No. Uh I, I did I th- I think I was reading uh, i watched or saw some uh a transcript of an interview he's done this week. He said when he became the office coordinator at AM that Jimbo made him kind of use his so it was Bobby Petrino's playbook, but he had to use Jimbo Fisher's terminology. That makes no sense. So he it was like a complete learning curve for him. He said it was a, a lot of, you know, studying and learning and just kind of teach it that way was made it hard. I, I think they were better offensively. Um, I think I kind of wonder is Bob Petrino one of these guys like, you know, he was a really great offensive mind at one time. Yeah. But but does his offense still work today? I mean, of course, he had good quarterbacks. There at Arkansas, when he was the head coach. Ryan Mallett was one of them. Tyler Wilson, and then of course, he coached Lamar Jackson. But at, and now KJ Jefferson, it seems to be a little conflicting things going on there. He looks like he maybe had be hitting a portal, so I don't even know what Arkansas's quarterback situation is going to be. But yeah, and the thing about hey, let's just say this anybody listen, we know in this state. Tommy Tovville learned you can't trust Bob Petrino. He will uh, stab another coach in the back. I'm just saying Sam Pittman's probably coaching for his job next season. So you got to wonder is Bob Petrino going to be like, hey, I can come here, Sam Pittman? We have it kind of. If the offense is good, but we're still losing games, maybe I can take over as head coach.
2: Yeah, and and KJ Jefferson, I think he is. He did hit the portal, didn't he? I mean, of course, he's coming off the knee injury, but I mean, I. I, I don't I don't know, man. I, that was just an odd hire for me and 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 heck I can I could coach me and you could coach Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Yeah. I mean that guy's a wrecking crew. So uh but yeah, man, I, I don't know, puzzling, puzzling hire to me. We'll see how we'll see how it plays out. But that and the and with Jimbo Fisher choosing to do that with his offensive coordinator, no wonder he got fired. I mean, you gonna hire a guy and tell him to do what you do? I mean, that that makes no sense.
1: Yeah, so it that was that was interesting when I saw that. And I, you know, I may not have that word for word, but it's something I, I I came across on Twitter. So, and you know, last little off topic. I know we kind of run on a little tangent here. I am forgetting who is still eligible to play college football next year because I keep seeing these quarterbacks saying they're going to the portal. I'm like, shouldn't you be out of eligibility? But I guess with the the uh the COVID year is really throwing you off because everybody got that extra year. So you're like, I thought KJ Jefferson was graduating. The way they talked during the, the Arkansas-Missouri game and I saw the people I thought, okay, he's going off to whatever he's going to do next if it' we at the NFL or whatever. But yeah, man, I'm losing track of these players and are they still held?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's,
2: it's hard to keep up with, but I tell you, there's one guy that's centered the portal, and His name's Riley Leonard. And uh, we'll be interesting to see who goes after
1: him. And correct me if I'm wrong, he uh he played high school in state of Alabama, right? He sure did. So I'm just saying. And he's a, he's a,
2: he's a dual threat. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, so we'll let, talk about these games. We've kind of went off topic there a little bit. Uh, the American Athletic Conference Championship, which I know they don't like to be called group of five, but you're not power five, so that's where you're at. Uh, SMU's 10-2, 8-0 in conference. They have won eight games in a row overall. They'll be playing number 22, Tulane. This will be at Tulane's home stadium. They're 11-1, also 8-0, 8-0 in conference. But this is kind of another deal with the quarterback injury. Um, SMU quarterback Preston Stone, he had a fibula fracture against Navy in their season finale. Terrific quarterback there. So red redshirt freshman, Kevin Jennings, will start. Of course, we know Tulane, this is their second year in a row going for the the championship here in the American and won it last year, beat UCF. I just feel out like with the quarterback deal, it's kind of another deal like the last game we all picked, or the uh, not the last one, the one before that quarterback start quarterbacks out. Just you know, you just kind of feel like they're already they going to struggle to create any offense for SMU,
2: yeah. I mean, and and Rhett Lashley, what a job he's done at SMU! You know, he's done a great yes. job, and, and uh, Willie Fritz has done a great job too. I'm surprised he's not getting any consideration for a head job, but. Michael Pratt here, really good quarterback for Tulane. I think he's got pro potential. Their defense, their offensive and defensive lines are really good. I like Tulane here probably about, about 10 points.
1: All right. I do too. That, that, that was kind of simple. And the last of the group of five ones we're going to talk about. One is going to be right up the road from where I'm at. But I will not be going to it because you mentioned weather earlier. Down here around Dothan. It is like 80 and 90% chance of rain both Friday and Saturday. So this could be a wet one up in Troy, but Appalachian State, 8 and 4, 6 and 2, in conference be playing at Troy, at the vet, 10 and 2, 7 and 1, 3 o'clock ESP. Troy is a five and a half point favorite here, and the over under is 52 and a half points. I mean, I'm going to let you leave this one here because I think everybody pretty much knows where I'm going to go on this one. Uh, I guess I'll word it this way Can App State upset Troy? I think they can,
2: sure. They've been hot, man, lately. They've been scoring points. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of games here recently. I thought Troy should have handled the opponent and kind of stumbled a little bit. But I don't know. The rain is going to be a huge factor, and that benefits a good defense and a running game. And we know Troy has that. I'll give Troy the edge. I think some points are going to be scored in this game. But if it's if it's coming a flood, I don't know about that. So I'd, I'd monitor that. But
1: I'm leaning Troy by by field goal here. It seems like in a lot of Troy's games, too, they're a second-half team. Like Maybe in the first half, they'll let a team kind of hang around. I feel like they did that with Southern Miss last week. Uh, uh, Southern uh, Miss yeah. hung in there for the first half. Uh, Gore had a big touchdown run in that one. I said, okay, is Troy either not pa- focusing on this game? Are they sleepwalking? It was 11, 11 o'clock kickoff. But in the second half, the defense takes over. Gunnar Watson has another big performance, and you're right. If, if it's raining, it's storming, you know, it's a wet game, that defensive Troy should take over, and then you just have to, you know, lean on Kamani Vidal. One of the best not – not just one of the best running backs in Sunbelt, one of the best running backs in the country.
2: Yeah, he is. He's a stud, man. And so, yeah, that and that's the thing about games in the rain. You just don't – you just don't know what's going to happen because fumbles or turnovers, and that's the the team that limits the turnovers and that kind of a game is going to win the game probably.
1: Yeah, you just gotta think John Sumrall is gonna start getting some calls or some notice for some of these jobs that are coming open. I know a lot of people are, are around here are glad that Stoops is staying at Kentucky because there was talk that he may was going to go to A for about two or three hours on Saturday night, and everybody just was saying, okay, they're going if Kentucky has a vacancy, they're gonna call John Sumrall. But he wins another Sunbelt title. When a ball game goes two years in a row, 12-2, and two, man, he's he's going to start getting calls, if not this year, particularly next year.
2: Yeah, and I will say this. Chip, Chip Lindsey left that program in pretty good shape as far as talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those guys are that have been there for a while. They were there when he was there.
1: I think Gunnar Watson was the quarterback when Larry Blakeney was still the head coach.
2: Probably. <laughs> he's <laughs> one of those. Seems like he's been there 10 years
1: yeah yeah i know uh and I, he probably gets a little flack about that i wonder if anybody in the locker room says hey what's up old man or something like that
2: hey man those veteran quarterbacks are they're they're good to have around because they play a lot of ball
1: you know yeah and the thing is with him this year this was the first year where he didn't look over his shoulder at quarterback i mean every year they were seeing like he was the starter but there was another guy there they were going back and forth and uh, he had a tremendous year this year, throwing for a 3,147 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. He got sacked 21 times, but they got better as the year goes on. And yeah, they got weapons. And they got weapons. You know, he had a big performance last year in this game. It's Coastal Carolina. So, if the weather's good, he could have another another big one too. So, good. Sure. it's been a really great year for Gunnar Watson in his final year at Troy. Oh, Yeah. All right, everybody, we're going to take a one-minute break, tell you about some stuff going on over here at Digio Strategies and Wiregrass Daily News. When we return, we will look at the Power 5 championship games right here on the Philip Jordan Show on
0: Wiregrass Daily News Sports. 96.9. The legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options, too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows, like Rick and Bubba in the Morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m., and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and others. Fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America At night and coast-to-coast AM keep you company and connected throughout the night. Plus, Fox News, the Alabama Radio Network, and Wiregrass Daily News keep you informed with national, international, state, and local news. And with more musical choices like all the hits 106.7 KMX, Today's Country 95.5 WTVY, and Music 107.7 Digio Strategies gives you more choices and more variety. Listen on air, online, and on our apps. 96.9 The Legend is just the beginning.
1: Everybody, welcome back into the Phil Jordan Show right here on Wiregrass Day in the Sports. So now we're going to jump into the Power Five, and we jump back to Friday. I, I don't know. I guess we could debate is this or the SEC Championship the best of the matchups? Just pure two great teams playing. But the Pac-12 Championship game, number five, Oregon, eleven and one, playing number three, Washington, who's twelve and zero. Of course, these two teams played earlier in the year. Great game. Uh, I know we talked about it afterwards, Matt. Uh, bad decision-making from Dan Lanning in that game. Uh, Oregon probably Oregon was probably the better team, and they should have won. Just some bad decisions there by Dan Lanning. 7 o'clock on ABC on Friday night. Oregon, surprisingly, this shocked me, a 10-point favorite. I mean, you were talking off air. We figure maybe three points for one of these teams, but 10, that seems like a lot the over under is 65 and a half i feel like that's a lot i don't feel like that many points is going to be scored between these two teams but uh do you think can dan lanning redeem himself uh in this game I, I, man this is a i'm
2: i'm excited for this game this is this is the game i'm looking forward to uh both teams are similarly built you know uh they both play pretty good defense which nobody really talks about uh nice. you know an interesting stat that i know bo nix only has 159 yards rushing i mean and and like you would just think so he's lived in the pocket i mean and and their quick passing game is impressive man and it's it's been interesting to see bo you know progress as a player from you know now until when he was a freshman at auburn i mean he's he's night and day a different player but a lot of weapons on both teams uh Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson for Oregon wideouts outstanding. Of course, Washington has outstanding wideouts. I'm with you on this line, though. It's almost disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, like, dude, I mean, I'm, we're undefeated. We're 12 and 0. And you you're saying you're gonna and it's on a neutral field. I mean, or it's it's not in Austin Stadium, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh I think I think this is gonna be a heck of a ball game. I, I'm gonna lean Oregon, but uh I wouldn't be surprised if Washington comes out pretty ticked off and, and puts on a good show.
1: Yeah, I'm only, I'm only in Oregon probably by th- three to seven points. Yeah, I, I'm in that same mindset you are, but I also look at Washington. They got to be looking like, okay, if we beat this team earlier. We're 12-0. and yeah. 0. Um, But I wondered, and I saw, too, like a couple of weeks ago when everybody was just you know assuming this was going to be the matchup in this game. They were already saying Oregon would have been the favorite. I wonder, too, if it's the last couple of weeks, though, with washington really hurt them because you have a 24 21 win over washington state they struggled at times against oregon state which oregon State's a good team this year 22 to 20 that was utah, in the rain or, too yes it was and then uh there's the utah game 35 28 and they, they got in a shootout with usc which i mean that's, they're like lsu and the sec there's just gonna happen with them and uh, then you turn around and look at oregon they blew out oregon state 31 to 7 they beat arizona state 49 to 13 beat USC 36, 27. I mean, they, they've been more dominant in their last games recently. So I've got to think that's got to be reason for, for that line moved the way it did. I think so.
2: Yeah. I mean, but like some of the teams that they Oregon beat here late are, are just really not that good. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this game though. I mean, cause I mean, I'm a fan of Bo Nix, uh, He's a great guy. I mean, and he's a great player. But I don't know, man. This is going to be a heck of a ball game.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It look how's my Trophy. I mean, I know that's not the most important thing going into this, but that's something people gonna talk about. These two quarterbacks are the two of the three biggest candidates. And obviously, Jaden Daniels, LSU. He's not playing this week, so he can't really do anything to stake his claim on the trophy. If Penix or Bo Nix just has an outer world game, you got to think for them that puts them over top with the Heisman, too. Yeah, because Bo, Bo Nix has been stacking touchdowns like crazy
2: the last two couple of weeks. So, and like I said, man, I mean, watching that team the way I have, I mean, they'll, Bo, Bo hit a guy out in the flat a lot. I mean, and they get bust up for 20 or 30 yards. I mean, he just, the way he's operating in the pocket, making quick decisions and, 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 you know, swaying defenses to go one way and he'll go back another the way a good quarterback does. He's just playing at a really high level right now.
1: Yeah, he is. So we'll see how that one goes. We both got Oregon. Uh, we picked the same teams on all of them. We we got to see these last couple. We might have mixed up a little bit. Uh, The Big 12 championship game, which we played in Arlington, Texas, this is on Saturday at 11 o'clock on ABC. Number 18, Oklahoma State, who's 9-3 this year. They will be playing number 7, Texas, who's 11-1, trying to get into the college football playoff. State their claim for that. Texas, they are a a 15-and-a-half point favorite this one. The over-under is 54-and-a-half. So I think with this one, Oklahoma State is like, which Oklahoma State is going to show up? I mean, they had to beat BYU in overtime last week. I mean, look, some of the teams they've beaten recently. I talked about Oregon and Washington what they've done recently. I mean, Oklahoma State's kind of struggled with some not so good teams. Like I said, last week, two overtimes against BYU. The week before that, a 43 to 30 win against Houston. you think they would beat them worse than they did. They lost 45 to three to Central Florida. Um, they barely beat Oklahoma, which is a solid team, but there's been some struggles in there. But at the same time, I don't feel like Texas has been blowing people away until last week against Texas Tech when they win 57 to seven. So it's kind of one of these deals. Which one? How these teams going to show up? I'm going. I'm going to pick Texas. I just think Texas is just the better team. They know what is at stake here. And look, what's going to be even funnier? Seeing you know Brett Yarmark, the commissioner of the Big Twelve, have to hand Texas that Big Twelve championship trophy as they're out the door headed to the SEC.
2: Yeah, that'll be interesting. And uh, but man, look, Oklahoma State has given up 129 points the last three games, and. I don't know about you, but watching Texas last weekend, that was a dominating performance mm-hmm. and their defense has really, really picked it up lately. They create turnovers. The de- their defensive line, I think is the best defensive line in the country. Uh, so, and Jaden Blue, their sophomore running back, man, that guy is Jaden Blue. He, he's a, he is fast, man. Cause Brooks got hurt. their number one guy. So, He's kind of stepped up and bust off some big runs for him. The receiving core is fantastic. I think this game's going to get ugly just because what what's that stake for Texas? And I can I can't get out of my head Oklahoma state getting beat by what 45 to 3 to Central Florida on the road. I mean, that's just wow, that's just a beatdown. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to get ugly, man. I think Texas could hang 50 on
1: easy. Yeah, I think the only thing 11 o'clock games can get weird sometimes, but yeah, I agree with you, Texas. I want to ask a question. Now, I don't want you to give me your pick on the SEC championship game and ask you this question. It's just a what if scenario. Uh, it's kind of a fun question, not really a serious question. So let's just say Texas, I mean, Alabama upsets Georgia. Texas wins this game. Does Texas also claim the SEC championship? Claim the SEC championship? Yeah, they beat Alabama. If Alabama pulls off the upset against Georgia, Texas, well, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, technically, yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> I don't know. That's if if that happens, man. I mean, I don't I don't I do not see how you could leave the SEC champion out of the playoff. Yeah. But then again, think- you know, there's that argument. Hey, man, they got beat by Texas
1: at home. So, I yeah, that's just going to be a tough call for somebody. I'll say this. The SEC, I don't think they'll do it. I, I really don't because they probably look at the Big Twelve as beneath them and everything. But Texas wins this, who regardless of Georgia Alabama who wins. They ought to like proclaim, Hey, we're the conference that's got two conference champions playing. Because um I don't I have to look at the schedule, but I kinda hope Texas plays whoever wins against Alabama and Georgia in next year. I just think that'd be kind of a cool thing, but anyway, I, you know, just have fun there, but we both got Texas. So we'll see how the Longhorns do big 10. I don't think we're going to spend all time on this one. Uh, the big 10 championship game, number two, Michigan 12 0 coming off another win over Ohio state playing number 16, Iowa, who won 13 to 10 over Nebraska in a game that Matt, that set offensive football back 50 years. Uh with they're 10 and two. This game we play in Indianapolis, seven o'clock on FOSS. Michigan is a 22 point favorite. Now, Matt, without looking, have you seen the over under for this? I think it's 35. 35 and a half points. So you know what that's telling us, right? Yeah. They don't think I was scoring. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, their offense, man, it's, it's it's bad. I mean, I think they average 18 points a game. Their running back, Lashawn Williams, I was, he's a good player. I mean, Sebastian Castro, their defensive back, he's a really good player on their on their defense. I don't know, man. I something's telling me I was gonna hang around in this game, though. I, I don't I don't know what it is. That's a big line, dude, for a team that plays really good defense. And they just I don't know what it is about Iowa. I mean, and and the heck they're 10 and 2, you know. I mean, and well, they got destroyed. I think Penn State destroyed them. So uh, a big loss, though, for Michigan was their unanimous All American Zach Center, the right guard. That was a bad, bad injury. Watching that in that Ohio State game, he's a fan. He's a he's a Pro Bowl type of player. I think he'll be eventually. So I think Michigan will get the win, but I don't know about covering twenty two points. I could see it being twenty eight to seven, something like that.
1: Yeah. So basically, they're telling us. If Michigan is favored by 22 points, the score would be, what, 23, 25? I don't know. Uh, yeah, 30, 33 to whatever. I don't know. But not, they just don't see it. I saw the over-under for each half for hour in this game. It is half a point. <laughs> Well, the no, that, I mean, but
2: then, hey, man, look, Alabama was favored by 13 points last weekend, too. I mean, like, hey, it's, USC was favored by 40 points over Stanford a while back. I mean, hey, I mean, just because the point spreads, what it I is. I mean, points was Auburn predicted to beat New Mexico
1: State by. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: and, and two years ago when, when Harson was there in Auburn, I think Bama was favored by 21 or 22 points. So. You know, you just never know what can happen in a football game. I mean, you really don't. I mean, yeah, Michigan should destroy them. But once again, that's like, all right, nobody's giving out. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in football teams. When they're not given a chance to win, they usually play their best.
1: Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, I had, I, I just, I attempted to watch that. You said that you said the Iowa offense, I would, I, I didn't know they had an offense. That's what well, I guess.
2: Nebraska is about the same way. They're they're
1: They're like watching paint dry too. I mean, let, let's be honest. The big 10 championship game was last week. Oh the yeah. Beginning. Sure. I mean, and I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad all the conferences are going to go away from divisions because you know, there were times in the sec where Alabama LSU were the best two teams. And you remember at one time, decade before that, it felt like most years Florida and Georgia or maybe Florida and Tennessee or Georgia-Tennessee, your combination of those three in the East were the best teams. And when they played, that was really the SEC championship game. So I'm I'm glad all these conferences are now going away from division. So each year we will just get the best two teams from each conference playing each other.
2: I, I agree with that, man, because that's what it should be. It should be the best two teams playing for the for their championship.
1: So the ACC championship game in Charlotte, uh, number fourteen Louisville coming off a loss to Kentucky, kind of put some uh, a sting in this one. They're ten and two. They'll be playing number four Florida State, twelve and zero. Got that victory over Florida without Jordan Travis. Uh, Seven o'clock, ABC. Florida State is a point and a half favorite in this one. The over under is forty seven half points. And really, before we predict this game, just uh, last week, Florida State, Florida. What was your uh, what was your takeaway from Tate Rotemaker, Uh I thought he played start? pretty
2: well. I mean, he, he they it seemed like they let him loose a little bit in the second half. You know, uh, but I, I will say this: Jared Verse took over that game, and and I've watched Louisville's offensive line. I don't see how they're going to go and to block this dude. I mean, Florida State's defense is really, really playing good football right now, and. You know, Louisville has given up 30 or more points in back-to-back games now. So, mm-hmm. I just – I think I think Florida State, they're going to run through Louisville.
1: Yeah, you're right. And Louisville made a lot of mistakes. And we talked about this a couple – I think a couple weeks ago when we talked about Louisville a little bit. Maybe it was last week. Uh, I almost said Jake. I almost said Jake. Jack Plumber, And there's no relation between the two. Uh, it seemed like a lot of times they had to protect him. And they're running back there at Louisville. He is not healthy right now. Uh, Jahar Jordan, he's a big part of the, what they do. He has been banged up. And even their receiver, Jamari Thrash, has been banged up, too. And uh, they turned the ball over against Kentucky. I mean, they they had a decent lead in that game. They had a lead in the second half, and it's just turnovers, in Kentucky took over uh, with Ray Davis and Devin Leary on the offense. And you look at what Florida State – look, Tate Roadmaker, he's not experienced quarterback. We know this. and uh, this is a big moment for him and i just don't want forest State get punished because jordan travis not there but he's got receivers johnny wilson i was watching the four State state it did a little johnny wilson has some drops in there and he has issues with that and then keon coleman and then trey benson at running. that's the key get trey benson going at running game and then you get that play action passing going with those studs at receiver forest state's hard to stop i mean they win this, they deserve to be in the playoff. I know there's some people saying even if they're undefeated without Jordan Travis, they don't deserve it. No. They go undefeated, they should be in the playoff.
2: I, I totally agree. I mean, and it goes back too, to that that game one where they beat LSU, you know, mm-hmm. who, who we all know is a good team. And they beat their Tela in the second half. So, I mean, I don't think they should be penalized for their quarterback getting hurt. They're undefeated. They're the, a champion
1: of their league. I mean, it is what it is. And let's remember. When the playoff first started, who won the first one? Ohio State. And they've kind of – Florida State's kind of in that same situation they were in where they had to play their backup quarterbacks. Cardell Jones comes in. Now, he was the third string, not second string, like Tate here. But still, it kind of would be poetic justice if a team gets in with a backup quarterback when the first team to win this thing had to do the same thing. Yeah, and he's
2: thrown five touchdown passes and hadn't thrown an interception. I mean, so –
1: I mean get settled in. Just gotta
2: get settled in. I, yeah, mean. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh like I said, the FSU defense is turning it up a notch too. All
1: right, so let's get finally get into it. Uh we've got a little bit longer than we normally do, but championship weekend SEC championship game, of course, played in Atlanta. The final time, Matt of the SEC on CBS, uh for the foreseeable future. Number one Georgia, 12 and 0, playing number eight Alabama. 11-1, and 1, 3 o'clock, CBS, Georgia is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 54-and-a-half points. I've heard people say if Alabama wins this game, it could create chaos and uh, maybe two an SEC team doesn't even get in. I think these are two of the best four teams in the country if Alabama does win this game, but that's just where I'm at it. So I'm going to let you go first, Matt. Alabama, Georgia, who do you like? Uh, what are the keys? Well, Georgia's really banged up. Okay, Mm -hmm. Ladd McConkey's didn't play last
2: weekend. Neither did Brock Bowers. Neither their they're starting right guard. Uh, They're starting middle linebackers out for this game. They're beat up. And, uh, you know, Alabama, Jason McClellan, he's been slow in practice this week. So, and they're coming off a physical game. I don't know. I watched the Georgia-Georgia Tech game last weekend and looked to me like, Georgia Tech, they were doing a lot of what Auburn was doing to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I like Jalen Miro's legs in this game. I don't, Georgia, I don't think they can do that with Carson Beck. I don't think he can run around like Jalen Miro. And I think in a, in a game like this, a dude that can run and as physical as he runs, that's going to be a big advantage. I'll also say this. I've been in that stadium when teams have played Georgia over there. It is a pro Georgia advantage, big time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if Alabama beats Georgia in this championship game, that has to be taken into consideration, or you know nothing about college football, because that is a bear, that's a Hornets' nest over there. It's a road so, game. Yeah, I mean, and so I, I like Alabama's pass rushers in this game. Uh, and I'm gonna go with the tie, pulling the upset, man. I think Georgia's really banged up, and I and I just like Milrose. I think he's the X factor with his legs. So I think it's gonna be a high-scoring game. But uh, I'm gonna go something like 37 to 34,
1: Alabama. All right, so uh, we finally get to the very end. Oh wait, I got to I got to say it the last time we do this. Not so fast, my friend. Uh We're finally gonna uh, be on opposite sides here. I actually was leaning Alabama early in the week, but with Jace McCall and not being there, and now it's basically Rodell Williams. I mean, Alabama's got other guys, but this has been your main two running backs. And I also look at it this. Auburn was able to run on Alabama last week, and we know Georgia wants to do that. So I'm kind of looking at this too. I feel like Brock Bowers will be a factor in this game. They held him out against Tech. Now, at the same time, I agree with you about the run game. Uh, Hanks King was able to run on the Georgia defense with the read plays and just like Peyton Thorne did earlier in the year. So that's been an issue for Georgia. I do. I agree with just going to be a higher scoring game. I think I'm going to go Georgia 34 to 30 in this one to get the win and uh, get back to the playoff. And then uh, Nick Saban's going to go around and uh, tell everybody why even with two losses, they should be in the playoff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that won't matter if they lose to Georgia. So, I mean, it'll, it'll like I said, it'll be interesting to see what all the other teams do. But, but man, I think it's just going to be a fantastic game. I mean, I think that I think both the teams are kind of beat up though. I mean, they've had grueling physical years. So, and I will say this about Georgia Tech, man, that key guys turned them around pretty
1: quick. I mean, they yeah. got some pretty good players. You know, well, last year when he took over. Uh, they weren't playing well. They went like five and seven, I think, overall, uh, upset North Carolina last season. So you kind of saw signs that they could go this way. And then, you know, this year, six, six, I think I saw one thing where there's a Born Bowl pro- projection with them and Auburn playing each other in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. So uh, who knows? But uh, yeah. It's going to be fun, Matt. This has been fun all year. Now, I'll let everybody know this. Uh, me and Matt talked off air. We're going to try to get something together before the playoffs. So we may do something the week before the playoff games, kind of give our thoughts on those two games and some other college football stuff. So uh, this is not the last uh, of Matt here on the show during college football season. But uh, Matt, tell everybody uh, about what's going on over there at Field Level Media.
2: Yeah, man, go check out, you know, Falcon stuff. Uh, Auburn's now, football's over, so but I'm doing basketball stuff. Auburn, Alabama, I think Georgia, Georgia Tech. And I'll be doing some of that. But, yeah, man, go check them out. All your college football previews, NFL previews, NBA, college basketball. We have recaps up after the games are over so you can find out what your team did. So, go check it out, fieldlevelmedia.com.
1: All right, I appreciate it, Matt. It's been a lot of fun during the season. Uh, we'll chat. Uh, get, look forward to talking again in a in a few weeks when we uh discuss the playoff.
2: All right, man, sounds good, buddy. All
1: right, remember you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. You can find a podcast over on WiregrassDailyNews or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if we does four stars, you are just a straight up hater. You can email me at sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com. Check out all my written work over at last word on cause football. We'll be back. Actually, we're going to, I am planning on doing a Sunday podcast because the rankings will come out early on Sunday afternoon. I, we may do something live. So pay attention to Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever, YouTube, all that stuff. And then we'll be up on the feed as well. And then next week, I have locked in. Uh, Coach Max Howell and Bill Bender uh, come on the show. And I know we didn't do the ACC championship preview yesterday. That like was originally planned. Just stuff happened with the guests. We couldn't do it. But anyways, uh, stuff like that does tend to happen. And, of course, there will be a Wiregrass High School football report here on the feed as well uh, with Elba and Ufala playing the semifinals on Friday night. Anyways, I hope everybody has a great, great weekend. Enjoy championship weekend. And then till next time, bye-bye.